Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are agents with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is right. Hour two. The happiest hour city. Or happiest hour. It's hour not square. happy hour yet. <laughs> it's not. No. And of course, these, these shows are pre-recorded, so we're not having happy hour at the moment either. Although you just got done with bingo over at the Elks. Yeah, I was going to talk about bingo at the Elks. Well, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, first time playing bingo probably since I was in the fifth grade. You know, you only had to focus on one little bingo square and, you know, kind of took forever. I had to play nine or six cards at one time. Well, did you really have to play six? Yeah, you did. Or could you just do one? No, no. Like one card contained six bingo cards. Oh, oh, I see. So, so big like poster board. Yeah. Card. Yeah. I got my little dauber and everything. The ladies hooked me up. I had a nice couple sitting across from me. Boy, did they ever keep me on point of knowing what I'm supposed to do. Of course I did pre, pre let them know the first time ever doing this. So I have no clue what's going on. So I think they felt it was necessary to kind of take me underneath their little wing. Mother hen type of. Shit. Yeah. Sure. Good. Yeah. Yep. So, so if you're new to bingo, like you haven't done it in ages or you really don't know what you're doing, but you want to do something on a Wednesday night, yeah, head over to the Elks and a lot of nice people. Great people. You know, well, they'll help you out. The Elks put, the, put it on. So uh, I think there's like five Elk members there that help coordinate and get everybody all situated and stuff like that. But the doors open up at five o'clock with dinner. And it's really great dinner. So there's food involved. There is food involved. And it's, everything's like under eight bucks. So very reasonable, very economical, and great food. Is it the same menu every time? It is a different menu every single week. So Tom, Chef Tom from Dairy's Food Works, mm-hmm. he's, that's where he's stationed. That's where he works out of is the Elks Lodge. So he comes up with the weekly bingo menu. So it was a lot of fun just kind of seeing what he had for for dinner tonight. What was dinner tonight? I had the chicken and mashed potatoes with gravy. So like a, a fried chicken, a roasted chicken, a roasted chicken, it a grilled chicken? It was oven roasted. Okay. Yeah, seasoned, seasoned oven roasted chicken. It was very good. It was very tasty. I was very happy with it. Big mashed potatoes. I'm a big mashed potatoes kind of gal, so love the fact that there was mashed potatoes with gravy. Could not go wrong there. Like chunky mashed potatoes or smooth mashed potatoes? Oh, no. This is like nice and smooth. This is, you know, you could make, form your food. You could play with your food and make little potato snowmen and eat them. Um, So when it wasn't like runny, runny, (laughs) it was the proper consistency of how mashed potatoes should be made. It depends on who you ask. That is very true. Okay, great. And then we got into bingo. Then we got into bingo. I did not win any games. Came close a couple times, but apparently that doesn't count. Right. So, um, yeah. Had, had some bingo. Played some bingo. Some dinner. Then halfway through, they have like an intermission so that we can get up and stretch. And they serve you cake. So you can have dinner and cake and bingo. That's awesome. So you said doors open at 5 for food. Bingo mm-hmm. starts at? I think it started at 6.30. Okay. Well, I got there a little after six. Mm -hmm. So I think it started at 630. I don't know. You get your food. You sit down in your spot to play your bingo and eat there. It just sort of happens. Yeah. They just start saying, okay, you got a five minute warning. So five minutes to either finish it up or put it away and get all situated for bingo. And then how long does the bingo last? Uh, Well, I just got home. Yep, yep, like 9.30. Okay, so 9.30, so. <laughs> so about three hours, three and a half hours. It okay. all depends about how much chatting you do afterwards. 
um, had a chat with a few of the, the Elks people because I'm going to get trained on how to do bingo. So I got to see how one, how a bingo night happens. Well, it's just like real estate. You have to move your house every year or so as a realtor just to experience how people, you know, on the We're back end. Well, we had to pack up all of our stuff from the that's basement true. this year, so that counts. We're halfway back. <laughs> we moved everything to the upstairs, and now we're going to move it back down. Yes, we are. Yeah, so, you know, experiencing the bingo from the player's standpoint really, you know, puts that into perspective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so on Monday I get to be trained on how to help out with the bingo, so be able to see the other half of that. And so bingo might be a new, new thing in, at our house. Okay. Because anybody can come play bingo. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, no, no. The what happens when you get a bingo? You raise your hand and say bingo. And then they do your card. They make sure that you know your numbers, and then they hand you money. There's money involved. There's money involved. Okay. It's different amounts for per game. They have a little cheat sheet of what it's supposed to be because there's the martini glass. So I got to learn a few bingo things today. So we get to make shapes. Yes, you get to make shapes. So a lot of fun. Of learning about bingo. So I I know you're in a lot of or in a couple of uh, service organizations. So mm-hmm. Rotary and now the Elks. Correct. So Rotary doesn't do these fun things on a regular basis, but the Elks do because they have a lodge, and you know we're finding ways to bring people in and, and make entertainment and, you know, really increase the quality of life mm-hmm. by doing fun things. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Rotary, we do more fundraisers than weekly activities that the Elks does. Right. So right now in Rotary, we're doing our, we're doing our flower sale. Oh, okay. So it's like a bouquet Ooh, of flowers for, I want to say... I'm going to guess high because I don't have the sheet in front of me. It's like under $30. I really think it's 20 bucks for the bouquet. Okay. And you pick them up like the week of Thanksgiving. So they're picked up on Monday of Thanksgiving and they're beautiful bouquets of flowers to put on your Thanksgiving table. So they've got a really cheeky name for it. I just can't think of it, of what it is. We just call it the flower sale, but it's something else. Okay. So... We're probably going to put that up on the Facebook page of what the real thing is of this bouquet of flowers from Rotary. I'm putting a lot of stuff up on the Facebook page this yeah. week. Yeah, it seems like it. Do we have a list started? Well, yeah, a little bit. Okay, yeah. because be- all I got in front of me is a bunch of scissors. And where did the scissors come from? <laughs> so let's finish up with the Rotary. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, the Rotary still does stuff. You know, we do a lot of fundraisers. Uh, we did the. Uh, putting for canines so we did mini golf for the, all the canine units for wisconsin rapids and for wood county so we're giving back to the community in just kind of different ways mm-hmm. with with rotary so it's nice to see the the little bit of difference that the two organizations have they're very similar but just done in two very different ways it seems like rotary tends to support existing um, public service sort of activities, uh, more on a financial, but also sometimes with manpower as well. Yes. Um, the neighborhood table is a good example for yeah, that. We'll yeah, go yeah. over there and we'll serve dinner. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, due to COVID, they're not having people come into the buildings. It's more of a carry out situation where they just drive up in their cars and the food is already in to go containers. So we're not able to be boots on the ground there. Right. So... But that's one example of us, you know, we do help out the community. Um, And a little bit of some of the projects that got started were actually got started from Rotary doing them. And then another organization took took it on. Right. Sure. Because I believe it was Stuff the Bus. Okay. Dean Veneman would be a good person to double check that with. But I believe Stuff the Bus started as a Rotary event. And then eventually the United Way took it over. Sure. So we like to start projects once they get going and rolling. Then we have someone else carry it on so that way we can identify another need in the community and focus our efforts there. Yep. And then the Elks are, I, I want to say, sort of like a, a more established in a single brick and mortar situation. Right. 
but they, they do a lot of scholarship funding. If I remember some of the conversations I was eavesdrops, eavesdropping on when I was hanging around you guys, um, you know, and, and things like this, they've got the hall and, um, you know, coordinating activities in the Elks Lodge Hall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, they're, they're great, again, community supporters. Right. So it, it's really awesome just to kind of see what the Elks is, is about and how to fit them kind of into what I like to do. So it's it's going to be a nice little outlet. So you're going to hear a little bit about the Elks, Elks this year and a little bit more about Rotary. So it'll be a little nice little balance between the two of them. And, you know, the the show, this podcast and, and whatnot, we really try to focus on ways that if you're coming into the community or, you know, if you're moving to a new community altogether, how to be a homeowner and then be part of that community. Or if it's even groups that may not be in the community, we can also kind of hook you up with it, with something very similar to mm-hmm. it. So the Kiwanis group, I believe we do have a a branch here in the Rapids area, but if you're used to something like that, we can either hook you up with the Rotary or the Elks. So, and again, with Rotary, we've got two different groups of Rotary. So we've got our noon Rotary, which is a little bit more different than our morning Rotary. I'm going to say that the morning Rotary kids are a little bit... More rambunctious? Rambunctious. Yeah. So if you're like high strung and you like early morning meetings, Sunrise Rotary is for you. And we have a mosquito in our house. Don't worry, that's going to get edited out. (laughs) No, I don't think so. It, it's it's another bit part of homeowner is this type of time of year, and it. I actually wrote, or excuse me, read a really interesting article on mosquitoes in Disneyland or Disney World, Florida. Okay. Okay, and maybe I'll put that up on the Facebook page too if I can find it. Okay. Um, you know, you go to to Disney for a magical experience, and mosquitoes are not part of that. Okay. So they actually take some logistical measures. They understand certain parts of the park have more mosquito infestations just by, you know, water. It is what it is. Right. So they close down those parts of the park for certain times of the day, like the um, early evening, the twilight portion. So they focus events on other parts of the park so that you stay away from the mosquitoes altogether. Excellent. Right. And we learned that our backyard here, especially this last month with it being so moist, is everywhere, everywhere that we go, show homes and whatnot, you know, even in, in town, oh, in our, I know. our old neighborhood, mosquitoes all over there too. It's just been so wet. And we've had two bats. I believe we have two, two separate bats. There looks, might be a third. It looks like it. And bats are good. And it's kind of fun watching the little bats come out and eat up all those little mosquitoes. So I named them bat one and bat two. See, we do have nature. Okay, so we have bunnies, we have squirrels, black crows, and bats. And moles, which, which are obnoxious. Yeah. Not sure if I want to count them as wildlife, because we don't exactly get to see them. We just get to see the remnants of them of, oh, look, we get to go squish the yard back down again. And they're all driven by food, which brings us back to noon rotary. Noon rotary. So tell us, you know, we got morning rotary. Sunshine. Is sunshine there, and roses it, right there. Is, there. is there food involved with sunshine and Oh, rotor? yes. Breakfast? There is. We had good breakfast. And Newt? again, Tom, okay. from, from Tom, Chef Tom, we're going to circle back to just pretty much everybody, everything that revolves around food. More than likely, Chef Tom has got some sort of finger in with feeding me. So, And because Rotary meets at the Elks Lodge in the mornings. Right. On Thursdays. On Thursdays. So, But what about noon Rotary? That used to be a lunchtime. That still is lunchtime. So they're meeting over at Bullseye Country Club and they're getting a lunch. And again, they're, they're doing the same exact thing that Sunrise is doing. They just approach projects in a different way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, it's just, it's a different, different animal, a different idea as far as how to do a project. So we like to try to pair up the personality with the group. And that way you can find a group that will work with you. So that way you can have an enjoyable time with Rotary. It's very exciting. It is. So why do we have blue scissor, scissors in front of us? Well, I had some very nice people who helped me um, 
kind of pack up our basket weaving class. And you had a basket weaving class. I did. I did did the basket weaving class. So if we remember a few episodes back, like what Many. Two, two months ago now? No, go further back. Okay. We still had a basement. Oh, got him. Got, got the him. mosquito. Okay. Mosquito's dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um we we had Carol Davis. From the cultural center. Right. So she came over and uh I kind of got talked into doing a basket weaving class and so I did it. It was a lot of fun. We have determined that if we're going to be doing basket weaving classes, that we really need to have them once a month so that way people can kind of get used to how to do it so that way they can learn the skill and then come back shortly afterwards and do another one. And it's just repetition. Mm -hmm. So the more you do the basket weaving, the quicker you're going to catch on to this is super easy to do. So kind of like with a college class, you know, treating it like a, a semester where you have this class that is sort of a multiple meetings mm-hmm. it, in a row. And so you can kind of build from the basic to a little bit more advanced, advanced. as you go through. Yeah. So probably going to work out something that we could do that, like in a, maybe a four meeting session of, you know what, we're going to do a basket class on this day. We're going to do another one very similar to it on this one and then kind of advance it a little bit. So that way you really need to go through all four of them to, to do it. It's going to be four different baskets, which mm-hmm. is going to be nice, but it's going to be the same concept of going over, under, over, under, over, under. That's still going to remain the same. And you got in contact with your basket supplier for the, uh, the reed and the canes and stuff like that. So you're going to have some different options or different it's still going to be the same read, same, same everything. Okay. It's just going to be, we did a rectangle. We did kind of a large rectangle oh. just to kind of get used to it. Sure. So now maybe going and doing something a little bit smaller, just so that way we can kind of tighten up that weave. I'm not exactly sure, but it seemed like from the class, the everyone seemed to be pretty interested in having like a progressive. And they understood that the more that they do it, the better they're going to be at it. And... It's not going to be as, as difficult and painful. And really, it wasn't that painful. It was just, okay, this is not looking right. I'm doing something wrong. And then just kind of having to mentally walk through those steps of, oh, yeah, this is how we're supposed to do it now. And a beginning a beginner class, and they're just learning, you know, so that it takes it takes a process. Right. And everybody walked home with a completed basket. Awesome. So it was going to be like a... You're going home with a completed basket. You know if that means I'm going to do the last three steps for you, but you're going to go home with a completed basket. Well, that's neat. So we can look forward to more basket classes. I think so. At the cultural center. I, I really hope so. I'm going to know I'm going to be there on October 2nd and they're doing their art on tap and I will be there doing a basket weaving demo. So I get to go there Ooh. and I just get to weave baskets in, in a corner. So again, it'll be a lot of fun. And I got to do a couple baskets because we're kind of short of our closing basket. So I might change my plan of what basket we're going to do there. I just might do a uh, closing gift basket. Marquez. Okay. I'm going to, it's, don't try to quote me on this, but she is, it is Hispanic Heritage Month over at the Cultural Center. Mm -hmm. Well, actually everywhere, but we're celebrating it, talking about the Cultural Center. (laughs) I I, I get feeds and I post stuff from, you know, like the DOT and, you know, 
Hispanic cultural heritage and stuff. And I, I just, I get it everywhere on the social media. So, okay. So anyways, Hilda, Hilda is actually from, I want to say New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have much, much information where she's from, but I believe that she is from Mexico and she is going to be working with the area art students. So Port Rapids, Nacusa are all going to be getting a little bit of taste of Hilda. And she has got, she brought all of her, some of her artwork and she does the large, like five by five, five feet by five feet. That's like the smallest one, I believe, um, pictures or arts paintings. And so they're on display over at the cultural center. So if you have any time from September 21st to October 14th on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., please stop out and check out Hilda's art that she has on display. And I know it's pretty, it's, it is beautiful artwork. Um, kind of poked my head in some of the windows to kind of take a look at it. Only because I thought the Art Cultural Center was open and it wasn't. But it's really pretty. So definitely is something to go down and take a look at. Is there a website on there for the Cultural Center? Um, I'm not too sure, but you can meet the artist at the grand opening on September 23rd. So that will be tomorrow. Right. So it happened. So it happened. We we hope that we have, you know. It was a great time. <laughs> Pre-recorded shows, Carrie. Oh, that's right. I know. <laughs> we'll report back that we had a great time. Um. Because this is something that would be really good to go see because the grand opening, she's going to have a bunch of Hispanic food and kind of a little bit more of the culture of what the Hispanics do. So I believe that there's going to be a wall for the dead. So what they do is they write the name of a, a loved one who's passed on and you put it on the wall and come, I believe it's the day of the dead. So it'd be Hallow, All Hallows Eve. Uh, Dia de Muerte. I don't know, Spanish was a long time ago. I believe it's either the day before Halloween or or on Halloween. Okay. I thought it was in, in May, but... The Day of the Dead. Because it's All Saints Day on, on the 1st of November. Right. Ooh, we need to get our culture all straightened out. We do. There's something about the Day of the Dead, and there's something about the uh, names on the wall for the Day of the Dead. So... Swing over to the cultural center. And go check it out. They're going to have some information about all this. Better information than what I remember from getting told from two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And really check out the, the website over at the cultural center because they have a lot of really cool activities throughout the year, especially now in the new space. Oh, they do have a website, but it's printed so small. My old eyes can't even read it. So <laughs> you're younger than me. I, I, I thought I had seen <clears throat> I I do I have I have beautiful eyes but they are also broken. Uh-huh. Um saw, saw that one on the TikTok by the way. <laughs> that it, that is really small print. Culturalcenterart.com. Culturalcenterart.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and really they do have a lot of good exhibits. They do. Um, and their patio is almost completed too, yeah. which is going to be super nice. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that because I believe it's in the shape of a guitar. That's what I've been hearing. And there's something about flames where they've got it. There's some flames. There were some pictures of some flames. So I'm kind of curious as to where the gas is or the flame is coming from. Well, probably would be gas. I'm hoping, you know, cauldron fires. No, it seems like it was part of the design of the stage. Ooh, oh, that's fun. Okay. So I don't know, because it's in the shape of a guitar, so I don't know if that the neck area is where they have, like, the the heating area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure. So that's why I want to go tomorrow and check it out, so that way I can see where this, see how the outdoor music area is shaping up. Fantastic. And don't forget to report back. Oh, I won't. You might even do a live video on the Facebook. Ooh, there we go. Um, let's see. What else did you want to talk about? More of our basement project because we had uh, yeah, we had sure dry come sure in. Sure dry come in, mm-hmm. and kind of looking through. Not sure. Why don't you touch on what sure dry? Who sure dry is and where they're from? It's a 
let's see, it's, it's I believe, at least a, a regional, if not a nationwide chain. And they've got locations, you know, all through the state of Wisconsin that are hubs, essentially. And they'll come out and they'll, they'll do a lot of, um, you know, this sort of water remediation, restoration projects. Um, I did ask the, the fellow, real nice guy, if people actually were proactive and wanted to get a, a sure dry solution in before they had water in their basement. And he goes, yes, but they're very rare. Usually it's after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not usually a system that's installed in a new construction unless something went kind of tragically wrong. Um, so this system that, that we had looked at, um, let's see what it did. Did they have a name for it? What it's called? E, well, it's a water guard system that utilizes sump as well. So it's a channelized system that you have to uh, break away concrete, usually at the the outside edges is the Near most the efficient. Footings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this channelized product is put in and concrete is set back over the top of it. That system is then routed into strategic sump pits and then pumped out from there. Okay. Um, it's fairly well sealed. Um, we talked about radon a little bit. Um, as far as water sealing, it, it, it very much is. There are holes at the top of the system to allow any sort of water that might penetrate, uh, for instance, a, a black basement wall. Uh, where the the mortar joints are, mm-hmm. or if it's a poured uh, wall, sometimes it may develop cracks just because of the nature of concrete is a little bit flexible, um, or where the uh, cross tie bars come through is also a penetration. Sometimes those bars rust out, you know, and there may be something there. Um, so yeah, it's it's an in ground system and it's meant to collect and then pump out the groundwater if it seeps in or around. Um, this is a system that's done on the inside of the footing side. Okay. Versus in new construction, you'd put this drain tile system either okay. both in and out or uh, usually just found on the outside. You want to collect the water before it gets even underneath the, the basement slab. So yeah, it, it was kind of interesting to go through the process. You mentioned that because there are weep hole accesses and the top of the water guard system, um, if you have radon, uh, a radon mitigation system already installed, or if you're going to install that, uh, they'll have to take some extra measures to vapor barrier around the perimeter walls. Okay. So that you can still get the drainage that's appropriately, but they have to seal um, that vapor barrier to the water guard product so that it all becomes a, a cohesive unit. So it is possible if you do have a radon mitigation system, and we, we see them around here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit more prevalent the closer you get to uh, rockier soils, but also in some sandy soils they, they are too. Yeah, we've seen it in the the most oddest places where you mm-hmm. wouldn't think that they would have radon. Um, I, I know a gal who... She didn't think she had radon in, in her house and did the test and it was over 200 and she lives in the sandy soil. Yeah. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, go back to the archives and listen to Kyle, who was oh, our yeah? guest a few weeks ago. We're going to have him on again. Yes, we are. You bet. Yeah. But yeah. The, the sure dry system, that's what um, we were focused on as far as mitigating our water infiltration that happened with the seven to 11 inches of rain that came. And we're not even sure yet whether or not the house really needs to have this system or if this was like a fluke water in the basement or if this is, you know, yes, for sure, we need to have this for this house. This is the most active system that SureDry installs. It's it's a very complete unit. Uh, There's warranties that go with it. Mm -hmm. So if it's maintained to their specs, they'll, they'll warranty a whole lot of things. Um, they they do have other products or, uh, I guess other techniques 
uh, as far as, you know, sealing up the, the basement structure. Um, they will do removal, some remediation. Um, again, it depends very specifically on what's going on in your basement. Right. So having the consultant come out and, and specify what's going on at your location is always the best. Right. And the nice thing is we didn't have to decide today whether mm-hmm. or not this was going in. You know, we do have some time or, you know, maybe six months down the road. And if it floods again, we're like, okay, enough's enough. We'll spend the money. We'll put it in just so that way there's a help right. along the way. Mm-hmm. So. We're not exactly sold on it yet, just because we don't know really what caused the water coming in. It's not like it's a constant trickle in, or if it was a constant trickle, I think I'd be a little bit more, yep, we've got to pull the trigger on this one. And and like we said, when we moved in, we knew the basement was finished quite a long time ago, Mm -hmm. and there wasn't really any evidence that they had water in, you know, around the perimeter of the basement at least for, you know, we figured 20 years. Right. Um, and consulting with some of the neighbors now through this really active period of rain, it was kind of a fluke to get this much rain this heavily. Um, so, and, and soil analysis as well. Mm-hmm. You know, taking that into account, we're kind of, we're, we're on the edge of the more well-draining soils. So, yeah, may, we might just... Uh, do more of a, a crack seal and go from there. I think that's start, I, and start with it's that a and good really starting point. And if mm-hmm. it you know comes back and we have another issue, then we know we need to take more aggressive actions. And at least we you know we have an idea of cost wise. Right. So that way, if we need to budget it, which we're going to have to budget this one, so that way, you know, maybe in three years or four years, we can put it in. We can kind of plan for that. Because we have a lot of other projects going too, like you alluded to with the electrician and possibly a, a standby generator. Well, and we're going to be doing more of this. That means we're going to have to upgrade that the panel. Right. I mean, bottom line is the more power needs to come to the house, no matter which way, what we're trying to do to the home. We just don't have the power that we need. We need more power. More power. More power. I um, want a bigger panel. I want a pretty panel. <laughs> yeah. But it, this would require some dedicated circuits, you know, and then and we don't have that at this point. Right. Um, and, and even if we did an essential circuit generator backup panel as like a sub panel, um, it would still require a couple dedicated circuits just for the, the sump pumps. Right. Because um, what, when are they going to be working the hardest? When there's no power. Usually, or the potential for, you know, big storms come through. Lots of rain. They're going to knock out other things as well. Right. Yeah. So this was this was an interesting learning experience. Um, they are extremely busy and booked out three and a half, almost four months. Right. Because the earliest, if we were going to say yes today, we would probably be getting on the books about that mid-January. Right. So and if you're got a basement that you're not too sure whether or not you need a sure dry system, I definitely would recommend to have them come out. And at least have a conversation. Take a look. It was a free estimate to have them come out, Mm -hmm. talk to us. You know, we addressed the concerns where we thought water was coming in because honestly, we don't know where the water was coming in. There there was enough of it that it would mask some of the other places where it would come in. Right. You know, so we, we had some mid floor cracks that could possibly be weeping, but with water coming in, more aggressively in other places that really flowed over and masked those other, you know, potential portions. And we also didn't strip away the wallboards during the, uh, the active flooding period. Right. So we, you know, we were still moving stuff out. We got our stair work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, it was a great, great time. I really did enjoy having them over and we'll just kind of have to take things you know, one step at a time. Obviously, it's been sounding like no matter what we try to do, the electrical's got to get done this winter. That's what I'm seeing a lot of. Sure. And it, I mean, it's the first thing that'll open us up to a lot more possibilities. Right. You know, like you said, moving the uh, laundry upstairs is going to make it easier for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we could probably tackle, you know, other wiring projects you know putting a couple more circuits into the basement just for fun and separating those 
those basement areas out if we wanted to, you know, have more of an entertainment area versus more of an office area. Right. We, so, can, we can put a hot tub outside. That would be nice. More landscape lights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> will it attract some chickens or some turkeys? No, but it'll attract more mosquitoes. So then hopefully no. we'll get more bats. Yeah. The, the thing that we don't have yet is a bug zapper. We don't. We tried that a little bit at the other place and we just... Did we really? We, we did for a little bit, but it just wasn't effective because we didn't have... We didn't have any bugs. Right. We really didn't. Probably we, we would have this year because even kind of walking around to the general neighborhood area, it's... They got bugs now. That's okay. You know, we had some bat houses built. Over there, so we can probably build some bad houses again. I was gonna say we're gonna have to make some bad houses so that way we can attract more more bats. Mm-hmm. So other other exciting things I've been noticing the River Kings have been quite active this year on social media, sharing how all those other activities that they do. Their community events that they're really heavily involved in. Right, and also you're not just where they're giving back to the community. But they're using the community as an education tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the students that are on the River Kings come from all, all around. Yes. So I met the, the gentleman from, uh, from England. Okay. He was really nice. Just really enjoyed chatting with him. Um, then I forgot. Oh, he was from Canada. The other kid that, I, that, I, that helped me out. Um, he was from Canada. And he's like, yeah, can't go home. Parents can't come see me. I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, but the family I'm staying with is so super nice. And at least I can still talk to my mom and dad. You know, they still do um, Facebook time, Skype. Can't remember what he used. But right. it's like, you know, I still talk to them. He goes, so maybe I can go home at the end of the season. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> just stay and play more hockey. Right. You know, so these are some really great kids. So while they're yeah. here, if they're not on the ice, they're either in school. So they're either at Mid-State Technical College, um, online classes. They have got one, one of their players is 15. Okay. And from out of the country. And he's enrolled in his school back in his home country. And so he does all of his schooling online. And wow. then the last thing to make up that is... um. The community events. The community service stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not in school, you're not on the ice, you're doing something for the community. That Those are the, the three main pillars that they use with this, with all the kids, is they've got to have so many hours in school, so many hours on the ice, so many hours in the community helping out, which is really great. It's really great to see that community spirit get kind of put back to the kids. Well, then I'm also seeing them... Uh, I believe it was they went to or had um, an in-service from a local bank, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, you know, banking and the things that would lead you financially through your adolescent years into, you know, adulthood that maybe they didn't get in school or weren't taught by family. So, it you know, making those connections to build a stronger background with the the players. Yeah, it's it's been great. That um, River Kings and the Rafters have both been really good programs to have around. Yes. So yeah, it's gonna be really great. Hoping to catch some of the River Kings games this winter or this fall, fall winter. Right. I understand that it's it's in a building that's very cold, but I got snow pants. And you've got al- alpaca sweaters. I do. I which, love my alpaca sweaters. Which these ones actually have. Pictures of alpacas on them. Most of them do. It's a thing, right? It is. It's like all the winter garments have, you know, Christmassy patterns to them. You've got alpacas on your alpaca sweater. I do. They're nice and fuzzy. They're like, you can roll, you can like curl up in them and just almost take a nap anywhere because they're so nice and soft. That's fun. It is. The cat really enjoys them too. Okay. She does. But every single time I'll take one off and I'll just lay it on the couch. Next thing you know, she's like all curled up in there. So it's a little bit of alpaca hair mixing with a little fox hair. And it's you all mean, good. You mean cat hair. Yeah.
right, so Wednesday, okay, we're at Wednesday night, so Wednesday morning, we did our office tour to go visit some of the new homes on on campus, or that's new on the market. I don't know why I picked campus. I think just because of college, everyone's heading back to school. So, so new homes that are listed by our firm. Yep. Right? That we got to go tour. So uh, this week we were on Menominee Street. Yes. Do, 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 do. Menominee. Do, 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 do. Menominee. Yeah, you're the do, only do, one do, on that do, one. Do, do, do. <laughs> so you're on, uh, what's that? 7380 going north to Marshfield, and we take Condo Drive just on right. the outside of the viaduct. Right. So technically, we're still in the city of Wisconsin Rapids. And it's on city sewer and water. So if you're looking for that mm-hmm. little bit of country feel, but still want the city sewer and water, this is a perfect house for you. And I believe it's on an acre. Yes, a full acre. Which is um, about three-quarter wooded. Yeah, it's more like kind of pie-shaped. It's, it's, not, a it's little, on a corner. It's on a corner. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's on a corner, but just the way that the roads are laid out that way, it's kind of, it's pie-shaped on a corner. So it's not like a rectangle or a square. It's more pie-shaped. Awesome. Tell us tell us about the house. So yeah, this is going to be a two-stall garage house. And the really neat thing is, is with the two-stall garage, they have a rubber roof over the top of the garage. So that way you can use it as a deck. So it's a two-in-one deal. So it's it's on a hill. It's on a hill. So the garage is offset a little bit lower, and you actually enter from the garage into the basement. Correct. Um, the garage is not under the house, but it's next to the house, just lowered. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that way you can use the top of the garage as a deck if you'd like to. Would need to have a little bit of safety items being brought if you're going to be using it as a deck, because right now there is no railings. So, but, but you, and I think part of it is because they just put the roof membrane on. They they put a new a new roof on it. Right. And so, if you did want to do something, you know, building a building up some sort of structure up there, so that way you can have you know use it very use it as as an entertaining space. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's got the potential right there for that. Um, so you can either walk up the stairs to the front door, or you can walk around the backside and walk up on top of the roof to get into the house. It sounds a little odd that we're walking on the roof to get in the house, but look at the pictures and you'll understand what I'm talking about here. Right. But, you know, you can, it's got a nice, it's a nice three bedroom home. So it's got a master suite. So full bath in the master bedroom and then another full bathroom yet too for the kids to use. So when it was built, that was kind of unusual for the age of the home to have two bathrooms. Usually we see the masters, the masters bedroom just be the largest room in in the house and that's about it this one they added that extra bedroom yet too or the bathroom and it's really nice they got the his and her closets and they're partially cedar lined right yeah so that was kind of a neat thing to see as well as the fact that they were his and hers Mm -hmm. and at this point when walking through the house um they do have some handrails up along the house because mom was getting a little bit on, on the, the older side and she needed some extra, some extra help. So the closet she wasn't using, they put a hand railing, hand railing across it. So that way mom would have something to hold on to while she walked into the bathroom and the same thing with, um, alongside the bed. So looking at the master suite, you're going to be like, there's a couple extra hidden things in there. It's just the hand railings for when mom was, was living at the house. And it's, it's not, extremely obvious no um it, it they blended in fairly well right so right the, the mobility assistant um yeah it, they worked it into the, the house pretty well and it looks like it would be easier to remove as well yeah um there are some things that are going to need a facelift the I believe the carpeting is vintage yes it is so and, and some of the light fixtures as well but you know like we always stress to our our homeowners this is your chance to do make those, it your own. Right. Make it your own with those little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I told Carolyn today, I said, you know, you could just leave the hand railing there. I said, anybody who's got a ballerina mm-hmm. in the family, that's the perfect height for it. Back in the day when I was a ballerina, I had a little hand bar that we practiced with. So Carolyn just kind of looked at me like, what? 
So if you got a little ballerina, we got the house for you. It's ready all set up for the dance studio. Just add some mirrors and you'll be set. Right. And there is a bar in this basement. Yes, there is. Because we're in Wisconsin. Yeah. And so, yeah, the basement is semi-finished. Right. And it's got a built-in bar. It, you know, you're just checking all the boxes for a good Wisconsin home. Right. Um, but it, it's a single-story ranch on a hill with mm-hmm. a full basement, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I believe it's fairly reasonably priced there in the 120 range. 112? 112, okay. It's even better. I know. The days is getting better. Yeah. So check that out. If you're curious about more listings in the area, check out myrapids.com. Um, and yeah, watch out for the, the Coldwell Banker Seawirt Realtors Facebook page. We got a lot of that stuff popping up there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure she's going to do an open house eventually. I believe so. Coming up here pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that see. was our one our one property on on tour. Right. Yeah. We we had a, a few other new listings, but they got accepted offers right away. Right. Right. Which is kind of a good problem to have. Um, and we're still seeing houses kind of sitting on for a day or two. It's it's slowed down a little bit here, and I think it's kind of the beginning of our winter slowdown period. Well, there's the slowdown period, but then it kicks back up because we definitely want to get into that home before January because for some reason we think January is going to be the coldest month ever. So let's move in November, December, so that way in January we're not moving and we don't have to worry about ice. We don't have to worry about the, the weather conditions when it comes to moving in January. Or the January could be 50 degrees and all the snow melted. I mean, right. you just don't know. We never know these days. But like we alluded to earlier, it's it's a trend that is kind of going away. The You know, we used to see a dedicated winter slowdown where it was, you, you could be a realtor and take three months off. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. No. So pe- You pe- could probably take three months off, but they're not going to be three months in a row. Right. They're, you know, it's probably gonna be two weeks here, two weeks here, and slowly get to that because the way that the market is going, the way that everything kind of moves is we don't have that traditional, oh, look, the kids are going to be out of school in so many weeks. So let's get the house listed and let's get it sold. So that way we can end the school year, we can move and we can start summer in the new house. Now it's all just when you get that instinct and the house is ready to sell, let's put it on the market and go. Right. And people are, are moving mid-year, mid-winter, every time. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that's, a, you know, some of those concerns of, well, when is a good time to list? And now it really is. It's not just something that we're talking about. It's a good time to list any time. Right. You know, we just want to make sure it's good for the family. So mm-hmm. if we've got a couple siblings that we need to you know, get around the table to talk about, okay, we're selling mom and dad's house. These are the steps that we're going to go and do. So that way everybody feels heard. Um, to If if you're moving locations, uh, we would like to certainly make sure you have a place to go in the interim while your house sells. Right. I'm not allowed to bring home stray families. That is correct. We're not set up for that yet, especially now we don't have the lodging facilities in our basement. It is true. Although now would be a good time to put in an egress window before we go finishing things. Yes. That's a story for another time. It's a conversation for another time. But even finding alternative housing, you know, like a campsite, that type of thing, right. far easier in the spring and summer than it than is in it, the winter. Right. So, yeah, you know, making the, that, that timing out, I always just want to make sure that before we move, we have a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, is it a good plan? Is it a logical plan? Or are we just kind of throwing darts at the wall and just hoping that something's going to stick? We'll still work with you. You still, that's their, your plan of, well, we're not too sure, but we always like to make sure that everybody has a home. Right. And one of the things to do in the wintertime is doing home renovations. And so we've got some new interesting options to help you finance that along the way. So we'll be talking about that in upcoming episodes, I'm sure. Yes. We're just getting trained and um, Codal Banker Corporate is offering some solutions for that. You know, do some repairs and remodeling to get it market ready and then pay for that out of profits at time of closing. Yes. 
So, I mean, I think that's going to be a very exciting program. Mm-hmm. I believe JR would like to come on to the program to discuss that one. So yeah. JR, I think, is coming back. Yeah, he's a bit under the weather at the moment. Yes, he is. So we're going to definitely welcome him back to the office and then welcome him back onto the, the radio show soon. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we're almost wrapping up here at our second hour. So, Ben, you had mentioned the email or the website to go to. Do we have an email for people to email us? Sure. If you've got questions or comments, shoot us an email over at myrapidsradio at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah, they can uh, send you a text. At 715-323-2577. We would love to have a conversation with you guys about the SureDry systems that, you know, if you have it in your basement, you know, get a hold of us and tell us what you think of it because this is something that we are considering doing. And the more people we talk to who have these systems in their basement, the more informed we are. And maybe then you can be a guest here on the show and come on in and chat with us about your basement. That could be interesting. Yes. Okay. So of course we're on Facebook and Instagram. We're doing a lot of sponsored posts and boosting those things for our, our sellers and our listings. Um, let's see, head over to cultural center arts. If you want a direct website over to the cultural center. And then we also have myrapids.info for area information. Yes. So yeah, de- definitely a lot of ways to keep on task and on top of what's going on in town and in the area. Cool. Well, that's about it for this week. I think so. Well, you make sure you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day, and we will talk with you guys later. Bye-bye.